Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Life in the Peloton. This time I'm coming to you live from the Vuelta España, and I've got a bit of a special edition for you this time, a little bit different. I've got my roommate and freshman on tour, Logan Owen. I'm going to check in with him through different parts of the tour and just sort of see what it's like for a freshman to do his first grand tour. So I hope you enjoy this new format. It's just going to be three short episodes over the next three weeks and we can just sort of see what's tracking in the tour and how we're going and just general chit chat. So I hope you enjoy that. Without further ado, I bring you Logan, first episode. Alright, so here we are, the calm before the storm, the night before the Vuelta to España 2019, and we're just kicking back on the bed with my roommate, Logan Owen. Welcome to the podcast, Logan. Thanks. Thanks for having me. He's a freshman to the Grand Tours, second year pro with our team, EF Education First, and I'm going to do a little three-part series to this um, on tour with Logan Owen. And I thought it'd be really interesting just to be... Not that I'm a full veteran, but I've got a few Grand Tours up in the bank and I thought, seeing as I'm rooming with Logan on his first Grand Tour, it might be interesting talking to him at the start of the Grand Tour, hence the night before, maybe on the first rest day and if he makes it to the second rest day on then and we'll just see how we go. Uh, I have no doubt he'll be there at the second rest day and right there at Madrid, but I think it'll be really interesting what I found a couple of years ago in the Giro is I did my team, my Giro, and I interviewed the guys throughout the Giro, and it was funny the interviews at the end in comparison to the start, and you can feel the fatigue and the stress of the bunch and what's, whatever it is. So we'll start off with Logan, night before his first Grandy. Um, just to give everyone a little bit of background about Logan, he's 24 years old, so he's just a young fella. Um, he's from Port Orchard in Washington, USA. And something I don't think a lot of people know about you and something I definitely didn't know is you came from cyclocross backgrounds and you started riding BMXs at, you know, the age of four or five, you know, around that, that age for Redline, um, which I think is pretty incredible. Tell me about that when you were back, just a little fella. How the hell were you riding and racing BMXs at four years old? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't. That's, it's kind of a weird start to your life, kind of just growing up on a bike. But my my dad, he got me a little uh, Looney Tunes bike when I was younger. I don't know what age it was. Maybe two, three. I don't know. Had training wheels and stuff, and I enjoyed riding around in the little cul-de-sac that we had out front of the house. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, eventually I took the training wheels off and started riding around. And he he built me a little ramp and. I started going off this little like tiny wooden ramp, maybe, maybe a, f- a foot tall, maybe, yeah. maybe not even. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Then he he took me to a BMX track um, in Port Orchard, where where I live now um, in the off season. And actually, I live currently five minutes from the place that I first rode on a BMX track. <laughs> Nice full Which, circle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that on the uh, my ride the other day before I came back over. But uh, yeah, he uh, took me out there, uh, rode around on the on the track a little bit, got to 
got to go over a few of the jumps and I just I had such a great time it was it was really freeing as a kid and um yeah I just wanted to keep keep carrying on with it and yeah, mate, and and as you did, because we're gonna just jump through this stuff quickly. But from there on, you went, you moved into cyclocross, which is sort of what you were more famous for before you came across and started racing racing professionally. Which everyone knows about cyclocross now, but I think when you were coming through the ranks, it was a little bit still unknown. And ten times national cyclocross champ, pretty much won every national champion title up until the first time you were elite where you still finished on the podium in third position. So cyclocross was the thing that you started racing through the juniors then? Yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of started off as just I was naturally a good bike handler from the BMX background. Mm. Um, Redline wanted me to try out this new, uh, it was a Conquest 24, I think is what it was called. So Redline's what a BMX brand, is it? Uh, yes, primarily it was a BMX brand at the time and they had, they had cyclocross bikes, but they weren't very, I mean, they, they were somewhat well-known, but they weren't, well, I don't think people rode them that much, but, uh, they had a little, they were coming out with a little Conquest 24, 24 inch, uh, bike for, for younger kids. So they wanted me to kind of introduce it and ride it for them. And so I went out and my very first race was, uh, the national championships in Portland, Oregon, very first ever cyclocross race. And it was like super muddy. Um, and I, I had no idea what I was doing. Like I, I was just there on this bike that I've never ridden before. And I was like, whatever, I'll <laughs> go out there and just ride around the mud. It was, and, and as a kid, it was fun. Like had a good time just kicking around in the mud. And I actually ended up getting second huh. in that race. Um, that was when I was nine and the age groups were like 10 to 12 or something. So I was, I was under the age group. And then, um, Next year, I'd start winning, and yeah, I just got better and better. And then, actually, the real kind of point where I started to take everything seriously, I, of course, I took it seriously. Like, I actually trained mm. a little bit, but not, it wasn't anything what you would think of now. But uh, I met my coach, former coach, Joe Holmes, when I was 13, and that's when I really started training a lot more on the road and doing, like, some proper bike riding mm, intervals and stuff yeah. yeah not even intervals just riding like okay but before my my training for cyclocross was go ride as hard as i could for an hour <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was literally my dad would take me up to the little middle school that uh that was close to the house and uh we'd just do like little cyclocross courses <laughs> and i would just do laps and laps and i'd do it for an hour and it was every day after school I'd go do that and then come yeah. on yeah come it was on. just fun yeah, it was good. It was a good time. It was. I always pushed myself, but obviously there was times where I like I was like, oh damn, I don't really want to go do it. It's at certain <laughs> points, but like, you yeah, obviously you get tired of at um, different points. But yeah, no, it was it was fun. I had a good time. Well, then just to quickly fast forward, you went on the road. Some of your standout results sort of were like a stage win at Utah, and then in under twenty threes, you won Liège plus on Liège. So I'm pretty sure that's you know caught a lot of people's attention like shit this guy can ride on the road too um and then of course she came across to our team in 2018 last year and not to um fast forward too much over your early party career but what i wanted to ask you more about now was that first year last year this is your second year now what was last year like was it what you thought it was going to be was it not what's your feeling now one year into it yeah. One and a half years into actually almost two years through your first Neo Pro contract. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, last year, it was tough. It was really tough. I, I struggled a lot. Um, I The level of the racing was, I think, about what I thought it was. But my personal level was lower than it really should have been. Um, coming in, coming across changing equipment and pedals and shoes and all this was it was for me it was tough. I mean I don't I don't know if anybody else has struggled with that, but like I really struggled with that last year and wasn't comfortable on my bike and there was just a lot of things happening. I, I also probably didn't I mean I didn't put forth as much training as I needed to to really race at this level and be competitive and I found that out really fast and I made a I mean had to make that switch to um, really turn it on and at the end of the year I started to come around a little bit but not uh not ideally and then uh switched coaches to Ken uh our director here second director here um and yeah it from there it just it kind of bolstered up and then I had a knee injury before the season and all that but now it's uh yeah, it's uh, it's about what I expected. I think my first year to be like, mm. but I'm really coming into where I, I see myself in uh, in bike racing and just still learning. And well, growing. I think I think a good thing that we spoke about today on the bike was, you know, I think a lot of guys have those struggles in their first year, whatever it is, whether it's equipment struggles, whether it's physically, mentally. But a lot of guys, I feel, don't actually recognize that until it's too late. And I feel we were talking about it today is that the two, uh, Dauphiné this year, Dauphiné Libre, the race in France just before the Tour de France, a very, very hard race. You started showing some of your best form I'd seen since knowing you. And you were telling me today that's sort of, you know, that's the level that I really see myself at. And you were able to catch yourself last year, whether it was in the off season or at the end of the season, you went, hang on, I need to do something about this. I'm not showing my best and... You put the wheels in motion back then and um, look by Dolphine and you speak a little bit about Dolphine. What were the, what were the feelings there? Yeah, I, I mean, I can back up a little bit before, actually, before Dolphine. I, mm. I had been starting to really feel, feel a level of fitness that I've never felt before, training-wise and all that, set my best numbers and all that. So it was... I already had a lot of confidence going into that race that I was going to be able to show show a lot to the team and uh, kind of turn around what what I what was not a very good first year, <laughs> um, to say the least. And uh, yeah, so I I went into it with a bit of confidence, but also a little bit of uncertainty because I knew that that was probably one. Of, I've heard it's one of the hardest races of the year um, leading into the tour. So um, yeah. Being there and having having TJ as a leader, it was it was pretty cool to be able to do a good job for him. And I was yeah making it over climbs that I previously wouldn't have even thought of ma- making it over. And being there towards the finals of each stage is just to position him. And uh, it was it was good. I was having a lot of praise from the from the directors. And yeah, it was really uh, well. It gives you confidence, doesn't it? You're like yeah. you're putting all this work in. And you're like, maybe questioning it. You're like, God, is this all going to be worth it? And then finally you get a great result, a personal result. And it doesn't even have to be anything, finishing the line first or whatever. But you know yourself, getting over climbs, doing good numbers, you're like, you know what? This is worth it. You know, I'm finding my feet. 
That's cool, mate. Well, that's sort of led us to why, where we are right now. And I, that's why I wanted to sort of bring everyone up to speed because that's got you selected, not that race specifically, but all that hard work has got you selected in this team. And I think the team's really noticed that that bike handling skills you've got is has definitely not gone unnoticed in the team. But then the level that you've and the effort you've put in to bring yourself up to the level this year is also not going unnoticed. So we're sitting here the night before the Grandy. First Grand Tour, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm I'm really excited, uh, really really anxious to actually get racing tomorrow. Um, we I I think recently we have a really good shot at doing doing well. So I, I want to I don't know I just want to get out there and do it and uh, rip it. What have your What's your inner thoughts right now? What are you scared about? Are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you thinking? Are you thinking I just want to get to Madrid? Am I? Th- are you thinking I've looked through the book? There's so many hard stages. How am I going to get through that? Or are you just thinking about your job or the team central? What What's going on in your mind right now? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's an awesome opportunity to be here for one, but uh, I think. The biggest thing is I'm, I'm just focused on doing what I've always done, and that's just doing my job and being being a good teammate and making sure everybody has what they need and they're in a good position. And that's I mean that's what I'm mainly focused on right now. I'm not not super worried about making it to the end. I'm not certain certainly worried about any sort of stage after being after the way I've been able to ride and the fitness that I have. I'm not. I think physically I'm there. It's just it's a little bit uncertain in the in the third week for me at this point. Mm. Um, I've I've done sort of a two week race in doing the block of Poland Bink Bank. Um, oh, last two year. races before. Oh, last year you did that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did so that's sort of a mini Grand Tour in a, in a way. There's only two days in between, and uh, I was pretty tired last year. Um, did that again this year. I was also pretty tired this year. So it, I'm interested to see how I how I uh, go with the extra week on the end. All yeah, you need yeah. is just one more race after those two. Yeah, exactly. Just another one. Well, just, the Vuelta. There you go. Yeah. You got your wish. <laughs> Poland, Bing Bang, Vuelta. Yeah, yeah it'll be a, it'll a little five week grandy. Yeah. And um, what are your personal goals? What have you got? Have you set yourself any little goals yourself? Like, I want to make a breakaway one day, or if there's a sprint, I wouldn't mind having a go. Or what are you thinking if those opportunities do arise? Obviously, you've got a lot of teamwork in front, but sometimes it's nice to have that individual goal too. Yeah, I mean, I actually, I actually do pack a decent sprint. So maybe if there's the opportunity, I mean, I don't know what the. the hmm plans if it came came about for sure yeah i mean in a in a final of 50 60 guys if i'm still there 80 guys or whatever i i would say i'd have a decent shot at doing a top five at least um top 10 Uh, yeah top 10 at least not top five well we've got three flat stages so yeah yeah tick them off (laughs) yeah (laughs) no but that's i mean that's probably not the biggest goal i mean the main goal is to to be a good teammate and make sure that everybody's everybody's well positioned and ready to go sweet mate well that's about it for tonight let's check in in about nine days time after the dreaded andorra stage (laughs) i don't even know what that is but (laughs) i'm ready all right let's do a quick little check-in so we're four stages in 
the freshman's four days down <laughs> and still in the race. Run me through the four, first four days. So we started with the team's time trial. What was it like kicking off? Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty, pretty cool. It was kind of this big build-up to it, and it ended up being pretty much exactly what I expected. Really cool experience to get out there and just rip as hard as we could, and we, did a, we ended up doing a good time. Um, obviously, we wanted to do better than what we did, but I think we, we can be really happy with how we started the race and set Rigo up really well for the, for the GC, and then... Uh, were you that, nervous? Were you nervous on the start line? Uh, not. I mean, I was nervous because I always get nervous before team time trials because I know there's a lot of pressure to really, really do well. And it wasn't wasn't the fact that it was the first Grand Tour. It was more the fact that we had a big job to do for uh, for Rigo and mm. uh, and the GC leaders. So yeah, it was uh, that was the nervous part about it. But uh, once we got out there and we you pulled us down the first straightaway, we. Uh, just got into just did what we do that's right we just got into it and actually we 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 got a bit of time in the hot seat which is a rare thing to do yeah um what was that like for you that was cool i was actually in the back of my mind i was thinking man that'd be that'd be really cool to win your first grand tour stage yeah not not, obviously it's not doesn't count as your win or whatever but it 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 would be cool to start start off as a team time trial win that would be couldn't ask for a better start than that but yeah, I mean, it was it was a cool experience to be there, and uh, yeah, in the end, fourth place was it's not a bad way to start your first Grand Tour. I think because we went off early, I don't know if you had this feeling, but we went off early, so we were in the hot seat for quite a, a long time, and I started getting the feeling like, hang on, we might get this, yeah. you know? Yeah, I had that, that exact same feeling, and it was like, the closer we got, and the, the teams that ended up winning kind of were a shocker and we didn't, weren't expecting those teams to beat us and the no. teams that we were expecting to beat us didn't end up beating us so it was a little bit of a flip-flop so um yeah no it was definitely definitely cool to be there and uh, have that glimpse of hope to to win it so run me through the next three days we've had one sort of medium mountain day not a mountain day it was just a pretty hilly day yeah. And then two flat days. What's your feeling towards the first three days? What have you felt? What's your workload been? What What are you thinking so far? Was it what you expected? Was it harder, easier? Uh, I think the way that they had the course laid out, um, people raced a little bit harder than I was expecting. The first two days, first two road stages, I'd say. Um, I knew. I knew the first. First day was gonna first red stage was gonna be hard, but it was it ended up blowing up and being a huge GC day, which I don't think any of us were expecting. How'd you feel though? Ah, I felt pretty good. Um, you I had the task ready. of trying to get over the final climb. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the goal was to be there with uh, Sergio for the lead out and with fifty or sixty guys, and I would have made it if it was fifty or sixty guys. I was there to do it, but uh, um, you couldn't make the group of thirteen. No, no, I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. No, it was uh, actually a cool thing about that day was I kind of in the back of my mind when they were explaining it in the meeting, I thought it was one of the stages that I had watched on TV as a under 23 when I was a, like first or second year under 23 a few years ago. Or maybe, maybe I don't know. I was under 23. I don't know what year, but yeah. um, I watched it on TV and I was like, oh man, that stage looks really hard. <laughs> I think it was... Uh, 
Dumoulin and Chavez were in, the, or one of those two were in the jersey. Yeah. And they were battling it out. And uh, halfway up, I was like, oh, damn. This, that's this climb. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is hard. <laughs> it is. And, it, I was in that world. I remember it. We did yeah. it twice. Yeah. It was kind of a cool experience just to like, you just made that connection halfway while you're just out there suffering. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> this is going to be hard. But uh, no, that was, uh, yeah. But the, the next day was ended up being a little bit a little bit harder than expected as well. Um, it was supposed to be a, just a normal sprint day, but we ended up racing to the left-hand turn into this like really twisty descent into the final Cat 3 climb and blew, I kind of blew my load into that. And uh, <laughs> uh, we started the climb and I was like, oh, well, I hope they don't go hard. And then they went hard and I barely made it. But, uh, you, but you got over it. One yeah. second, let's pause for a sec. hard to get the old pod recorded <laughs> everyone wants a piece of us this summer night <laughs> but that's the thing like I think I was saying to you and it always is really hard for people to understand on the outside is that the flat easy days end up being really tough and the hard days end up being hard anyway so that's what I think is hard to comprehend on the outside is that it looks really easy on TV oh it's a pretty easy day but for guys like you and me it's it's a bit of a extra load we've got to take on. It's positioning, putting in the wind, and even the GC guys, it's a stressful day for them, and they're just trying to get in safely. Is that what you've sort of found out for the first three flat days, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of I figured that going into it, and it kind of backed up what I had thought in the past, yeah. and it kind of ended up being exactly what I thought. But, uh, yeah, it's, it is stressful, but I kind of... I'm usually pretty relaxed in the stressful moments, and it doesn't really bother me. And I th- actually think Rigo does a pretty good, like, he's pretty relaxed with mm. the stress as well. He doesn't he doesn't get stressed too much, which is, I think, it makes, it, it relaxes us too, I think. It does. It, if you have someone right up your ass, stressed the whole time, move up, move up, you yeah, know? Yeah. Whereas it's a bit the other way around. You're sort of like, come on, mate, we better go to the front now. It's sort of, you know, 5K before the dangerous bit. But, yeah. um, he is a guy, he is a nice guy to sort of, like you said, calm things down. Yep, yep. He's a good leader, really relaxed and knows what needs to be done. So so we've got now stage five, six, seven, eight, nine. So a big block of hard racing before the next rest day or before the rest day. <laughs> yeah, actually, I didn't really look at the road book too much before it and I thought the rest day was like seven days in because normally I thought it was, but apparently not, so... That was kind of a, a little hit to the morale, but <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm motivated. I think we have some hard days coming up and, uh, yeah, we'll need to need to work hard to make sure we can keep our GC hopes alive and all that. And, um, not too hard, not too worried about time cut or anything. I'm feeling, feeling all right after today's stage. It was a little bit more of a chill day and then we, we went pretty hard in the wind in the end, but it, I think. For the most part, it was overall an easy day. Sweet. All right. Looking forward we'll catch to up it. with you later on. Yeah. Thanks, bud.
Well, I hope that gave you a little insight to what it's like to be on a grand tour, especially for a first timer. Plenty more to come. Like I said, in the next two episodes, we're gonna grab him on the first rest day and then on the second rest day, if he makes it. No, just kidding, he'll be there. And I want to say also, if you've got time, make sure you go down and check out our podcast network, Wide Angle Podium, who are helping us out there in the background. And also I want to say thanks again to my producer, Lara. And until next time, guys, well, until the first rest day, I'll speak to you then. Cheers.